Praise God. You may be seated. <laughs> Some of you don't know that she and I did that this together for 37 years, you know. Me wanting to know, okay, you're going on or you, you're you done? Which is it now? Okay. <laughs> Praise God. It's awesome to be here tonight. It's awesome to be with you. And uh, I, I have had a... Uh, I'm having a very unusual experience. I can hear you. Um, I kind of liked it when I couldn't hear as much. But these things work, and so I guess I'll have to keep them in there since I don't have to say to my wife as much. Uh, what'd you say? Would you say that again? So, I mean, when, when I could hear my hands moving on the steering wheel, that's noise I didn't know I wanted to hear. Yeah, right. Praise God. So, anyway, uh, today's been a really unusual day. It's been a good day. But for me personally, an unusual day. I've had a flow of uh, the spirit of revelation almost all day and uh, it's been amazing except uh, I didn't know that the Lord was going to as he was giving me this stuff I didn't know I was going to minister it tonight I thought I was going some other direction and it was some really good stuff but I had a slight problem happen late this afternoon my, my, all of a sudden, my devices, my notes on my devices weren't syncing between my phone and my tablet. That's the generic way of saying iPad for those of you that don't have the revelation yet. And um, that was funny. Anyway, <laughs> is it going to be one of those nights? So, and then. <laughs> Uh, and they weren't syncing with the computer either, so I called Apple to get some help, and uh, I won't go into the whole story, but uh, my iPad had notes on it that were really important to me that hadn't synced up yet, and the gentleman's trying to help me, and he told me to do something that wiped them all out. Well, everything from about December the 1st back was on iCloud. But almost everything I had, some really, really, really good stuff that I, whether I ever shared it with anybody else or not, I, it was good stuff to me. And uh, from about 1st of December to today, it was, it's gone. And I talked to Brother Kimbrell, Brother Bard. He says there's somebody that could, I won't go into the whole story, but that which was supposed to be on iCloud, I ended up, thankfully, copying to the hard drive or the memory, not hard drive, but the, the uh, memory, 
internal memory of the iPad, but then it wiped it out. So it ended up deleted. And he says there's a company that can recover that. He says, how much is it worth to you? Honestly, you can take this any way you want to. I don't care how much it costs. Those, every word from God is precious to me. And what I have to do to get that back, I'm willing to do. And I'm praying they can do that. But he said, I can't use my iPad at all till they have a chance to get that back. And I, I'm going to go a whole week without it. I, pray for me. I don't know how I'm going to function. I can't pray without my iPad close by so I can take notes. So I'm going to have to use this phone. Praise God. I don't know about y'all. You know, if, if you do everything on your phone, I don't know if that commends you or says you're really short-sighted. Because... Uh, um, whatever. But so I don't have any notes tonight. And I thought, well, okay, he must not want me to speak that tonight. And that's not what his idea was at all. It was he didn't want me to use any notes. And the, and the thing about it is, I, you know, as he was giving me all this, I was sure it wasn't for tonight because... If I can say this, and I don't mean this offensively at all, it's kind of deep for a, a united service. Plus, I, I can't look up scriptures fast on that, so I'm only going to be able to go by what he gives me. I don't know who's on the computer tonight. I can't see, and that's fine. Because uh, I don't want to be offensive to you, but I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you paying attention and getting these verses up quickly. And so I will say this to you. As I get into this word, you are not going to have any idea where it's going to end up. You may think you do, but you don't. And if you would just stay with it, I promise you. The Lord is going to help you, bless you, encourage you with what he has to say. Uh, so I'm going to start at a point that I have taught here and then go into the new things and end up where the Lord would have us. Um, I'm not going to have you stand. I was in a uh, church in Texas a week ago and. Uh, some of you know how much problem I have with tradition. So I'm reading my text and I look up, they've all stood. So the next time I wrote, read another scripture, I said, would you like to stand? And the next time I read another scripture, I said, if you're going to stand for the reading of the word, why don't you stand for all the reading of the word? Why are you only going to stand for the reading of the word at the beginning? And what aren't the rest of the scriptures I'm going to use important?
I was, I smiled. I didn't think I was mean, but I was using the point. I was trying to make a point that what that tells me, it's one thing if you're standing out of custom, but it's another thing if you're standing out of honor and respect to the word. And if you're only doing it because it's time to stand because it's custom, might as well stay in your seat. Okay, praise God. All right. So since I'm not actually going to read a text, you don't have to stand. And you are absolved from failing to keep the tradition of standing when a, the preacher reads his text. You are forgiven. Oh, Lord. <laughs> now, I can do that because it's not sin, and I can't forgive sin, but I can forgive that. <laughs> if it was sin, I, could, I wouldn't presume to say you're forgiven. <clears throat> but since it's tradition, I can forgive you for not abiding by tradition. Hallelujah, glory to God. Are we having fun yet? No, I don't think so. Some of y'all, some of you are so nervous right now, you don't know where I'm going. Some of you got a little bit too much history. Well, he started off kidding around or laughing or whatever before, and by the time he was done, we were bloody. So we're not going to get to, <laughs> we're not going to get to <laughs> committed with this. That's, a, that's, that's okay. It's all right. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> I, I realize there are. Oh, Ooh, now it's parallel. I just got a little OCD going on there. That pulpit was crooked. I don't know what. The, anyway, so. <laughs> Hallelujah! Are you distracted enough yet? Okay. All right. How about? Uh, I'm. I'm not. I'm only going to quote this, but I want you to be headed that way. How about put Psalms 90 verse one on the screen and. And I want to remind you, back in September of 2013, I was uh, sitting at my desk and studying and praying, and, and uh, the, uh, the Lord was teaching me about warfare, spiritual warfare in the Scripture. And uh, I was trying to understand the dynamics of the war in heaven. And uh, I was asking him about that, and he was taking me places in the book, and it was good. I was happy about that. But then he made this statement to me. He said, is that as far back as you want to go? Is that as far back as you want to understand? And I said to him, how far back are we talking about? And he said, how far back do you want to understand? Do you not want to know? And I said, are you challenging me? And he said, nothing. And I said, okay, who are you and where did you come from? Is that far enough back for you? That might sound offensive to you, but this is what he gave me, Psalms 90 and verse 1. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Next verse, this is the verse. Before the mountains were brought forth. Or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. 
And uh, I said, okay. I, I think I knew this somehow, but it was never in my working knowledge and understanding of you and who you are. I, I just never went far enough back. And I'm going to say to you that every false doctrine on the Godhead is ultimately based in the fact that people don't go far enough back when they're looking at God. Because this verse goes this far back. Before there was anything at all. I'm there. Now, he said, what is my name? And I said, Jesus. He said, no, you got to go farther back than that. And I said, the Father? He said, no, I haven't always been the Father. I said, you haven't? He said, no. Before the mountains were brought forth. Before I fathered anything. When there was just me. I wasn't known by father. I said, well then what is your name? He said, what name did I give to Moses? I am. I am. I am that I am. I don't, I'm saying this, making this statement kindly. I'm not saying it facetiously. I'm not mocking anybody. I'm not trying to offend anyone. But if you go far enough back, there's not a we are. There's only an I am. There can't be a we are. There can only be an I am. Because there can only be one. You say, but God fills all space. No. No, He doesn't. All space is in Him. Well, God is at all times present. No, all time is in Him. He's bigger than time. He's bigger than space. He's before everything. Not they. He. And there is no way possible that there can be more than one being that can exist in that situation. There can only be one. And that's why He is, was, is, and will always be the I Am. And very briefly, and some of you have heard this several times, but... Since he's the I am and he can't change because change is a function of time and he's not subject to time. Since he's not subject to time and you can't have change without time, he can't change. So what he's ever been, he is. And what he is, he will always be. And it's impossible for him to change because he's the I am. It's impossible for him to change. There's no space for him to move from to. There's no time for him to move move from to. 
time and space and everything else, the entire universe, what we would consider the unimmeasurable universe, which is a lie, we just don't know how to do it. It doesn't mean it can't be measured. If you can measure a day, if you can measure a mile, if you can measure a light year, It's only a matter of our limited ability to measure the universe because the universe is not unlimited. And of course, you know, some think that the universe goes to infinity. That's ridiculous. Just because we haven't gotten there doesn't mean... (laughs) That it is infinite. Because by definition, that which is infinite fills all time and space. And the universe does not fill all time and space. It's only a manifestation of time and space. It's only a stage upon which time and space takes place. See, the, our problem is, and I'm, I'm going to digress here for a moment. Our problem is we want a nice little, nice little religious package that tells us do this, don't do this. And if I do this and don't do this, I'm okay. And I don't really know who's there. And I may go through the motions of praying to someone I don't even know. But if I do this, I don't do this, then everything is neat and tidy and all tied up. And, I, I, and that's life. And that's what it's all about, really. If you were God, would that be okay with you? And I'm not God. You're not God. But if, if, from our limited perspective, if we were God, would that be okay with us? That we're God and here's these tiny infinitesimal specks called humans. And they're so casual and <sighs> blasé. About whether you exist and what this is all about? Really? Yeah, that's all about, I know what it's all about. It's about Christmas and, you know, we, you're just going to have a good time and then it's going to be a new year and then new stuff starts and, uh, yeah, 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 life is this all defined by these 24 hour segments called days and seven day segments called weeks and four plus Week segments call months and, and the calendar turns over and we get older and we go from birth to the stages and the events of life and then finally we, we're finished, we're done and it's over with and we're, we're, we die and so that's all there is and that's all there is to it and nothing else matters and, and really, really. You see, because if that's the case, then it really is unfair that some have virtually no opportunities and some virtually have no finances or resources and others have so much more than they possibly could ever use. And if that's this is really all it is, if life is only just about this, if there is a God, he's sadistic. If this is it. Sadistic. If this is all there is. Just surviving another day, another week, another month. Surviving, doing the best we can until 
it's time to leave here to go where we don't know we, we were afraid to ask we don't really know maybe we don't really care as long as we're still breathing the bottom line is <laughs> you're not breathing forever what then so I think it'd be, it's pretty important it's really important to me I, you can make your own decision on this I'd like to know who's behind all this. And if I can know him personally, I want to know him personally. And I, I want to hear what he thinks about everything. And I, I want to know, okay, you did all this and I'm here. What are you, what are you looking for from me? What are you expecting for from me? What is my place in all of this? What's my place? Is my place really just to complete these 24 hour cycles of day and night and work and sleep and rest and eat and do it all over again the next day? Is that really what this is all about? Until you look in the mirror one day, you don't recognize yourself anymore? Is that really what it's all about? Is this it? This message really is good news. You're going to have to wait a little bit to get there, though. This is it. So, so therefore, when he invited me to ask as far back as I wanted to go, there was no question in my mind what the question was. Who are you? Where did you come from? And he spoke this verse to me, and I don't even remember the last time before that moment that I'd read this verse, but I recognized hearing it before. From everlasting to everlasting, I'm God. Okay. And my next question was, okay, that's amazing, that's awesome, I'm thankful for that, but what are we doing here? And then he began to talk to me, and I've shared this part many times. That is that he can't change, and he is love, and when, he was, when there was only him, there was no one to love, so how does he fully manifest himself to God if there's no one to love? And Love is a decision, and so therefore, in order to give love and it be given back, the being that's being loved and being loved back has to be have, have a free will. They have to be able to choose to love him or not love him for it to have any value. They have to be able to choose. And he said, and I created all of this. As the stage where I and these creatures, called humans, made in my own image, live out this, some would call it today, this drama. As we go through life and we work through relationships where we get to know him and he gets to know us and then we make this choice, I'm going to love him, I'm not going to love him. Love him, not love him. And to confirm this, Mark chapter 11, please, beginning with verse, no, Mark chapter 12, beginning with verse 28, if you'll allow me to there, I will begin reading. Mark chapter 12 and 28. Hallelujah. One of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, Perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? 
What is your what is God's greatest priority, Jesus? They didn't acknowledge they were talking to the I am robed in flesh. And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments here is, first of all, something to know. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Second of all, if I know who he is, what is my response to that knowledge? And thou shalt, next verse, thank you, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all, and the Greek word there is not the normal Greek word for all, which is pas, Uh, The English equivalent letters would be P-A-S, but it's the Greek word for the whole of, and it's used all four times in this text, with the whole of thy heart, with the whole of thy soul, with the whole of thy mind, and with the whole of thy strength. This is the first commandment. In other words, this first commandment demonstrates the fact That his first and foremost priority for mankind is the first that man would know who he is. And second, that man would choose to love him with everything they've got. Holding nothing back. I submit to you that it is not possible to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. If you don't know who he is. Most of you are aware of this. That this beautiful lady in this stunning dress. Is my precious bride. And we have begun our 50th year now. Uh, We're a month and a half into 50. And having a little bit of experience in marriage at 49 plus years. I can say to you. That it is not possible to love her beyond my willingness to know her. If I'm trying to love her and I want her to love me, but it's not based on my knowledge of getting to know her and her knowing me, then it's not really love that's taking place. It may be friendship. It may be lust, it may be some other reason, but it's not love because I cannot truly love her without knowing her. Now, I didn't say anything about understanding. (laughs) I won't get off in that, but those of you who have been around a while know my teaching on that. That I don't waste my time anymore trying to understand because the moment I get close to understanding, everything changes. And so, so be it. But I, knowing her, I can know her. I know her. And uh, I don't know everything there is to know about her, so I'm still committed and uh, desiring to be, to love her with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I can't know her. I can't love her beyond what I know her. So relationship is based upon, first of all, knowing, and then second of all, making a decision to put her first in my life over everything. And everything else flows from those two decisions. The decision to know and the choice to love. Everything else. Because if you're still... 
in your marriage, if you're still in the stage in your marriage where your concern is how much you're getting loved, you still don't know anything about marriage or love. I'm not being unkind. I'm telling you the absolute 100% truth. You may be the biggest Romeo going, but it's all about what you can get by being Romeo. It has nothing to do with love. There's another word for Romeo. It's Lothario. Go look that one up. So the point being here that his motive was love. But to create a being in his image with the most godlike quality that anything created could have, which is the power to choose. There was a problem. Because he's the only one that's the self-existent one. He's the only one that there's no defining his limits because there are no limits. He's the only one who is everything. He is the only one that exists himself. Nothing else in existence exists on its own through its own merit and ability. He is the only one who exists through self. He is the self-existent one. That means the rest of us don't have the power to make ourselves exist. We didn't have the power to choose to be born. We don't have the power to choose to die. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can take my own life. Yeah, well, if that's what you think, God help you. I appreciate medical science, and I know they can prop you up. They can keep your body functioning, but they can't make you live. Your heart can beat. Your blood can pump. They can make your lungs breathe, but they can't make you live. No man has the power to keep the soul in the body when God says it's time to go. Nobody's got that power. And so, him being the self-existent one, how does he create a being that relies on him for existence and yet give it the ability to make decisions when it can't live in the same dimension he does? The only way he could do that was he expressed himself as Logos. This all started this morning with a text from a gentleman that uh, has asked me to be his bishop. And this is the scripture he asked me about. John chapter 8, verse 58. John eight fifty-eight. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was... Now, grammatically, a human talking would say, even if we wouldn't even still wouldn't believe it was possible, we would, a human would say, before Abraham was, I was. But he didn't say that. Because he not only declared 
who he was by claiming the infinite tense of the verb, the I am's own tense of the verb, but he took the name that is that that dimension of God's name before there's everything, above everything, beyond everything, the one that can't be defined, can't be limited, etc. He actually took that name on himself. And so the preacher this morning asked me this question. He said, uh, who was Jesus talking about here? Was he talking about the Logos or the I Am? Because you see, in order for the I Am God, the one from everlasting to everlasting, the one that exists, the only, be, the only being that exists himself, by himself, without the aid of anybody or anything, for him to create anything, it's not directly possible. It's not possible. Because to create something himself directly, he would then be limiting himself because anything created is automatically limited by time and space. I don't care how big the space is and how long the time. I don't care if it's beyond our ability to measure the time or measure the space. Anything that comes into existence, anything that has a beginning, is not associated with Him. He's beyond that. Because He's before the beginning. He's not just after the ending. He's before the beginning. And so in order to be able to do this, scripturally, He became the Logos. And in the King James Version, it reads this way, John 1 and 1, if you would please. In the beginning was the Word, the Greek word there is Logos. And the Logos, the Word was with God, and the Logos was God. And next verse. The same was in the beginning with God. Next verse. All things were made by Him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Now I know, I, 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 I know this. I understand that this message on this night, some of you have checked out. And I, I'm sorry for that. I, I really am. I, I wish you hadn't checked out. I wish you, was attempt, you were attempting to receive. But I cannot and will not alter what God is trying to say to appeal to you that won't whip cream when the Lord's wanting to give steak. It's not something that's a mystery to most of you, but I like ho uh, I used to like ho-hos. They don't taste the same anymore. But I found a great substitute called ding-dongs. They taste exactly like what ho-hos used to taste like. And they come tin to a box. And I can't tell you the amount of discipline that it takes for me to sit down and not eat the whole box in one setting. Because there's nothing but taste. There's no substance. I believe you could actually starve to death and eat ho-ho, I mean ding-dongs. I believe you could. Because they're so 
it's lacking in it's so much lacking in any kind of nutrition that you could eat that tell yourself you're eating it and your taste buds could say you're eating something but your body would say when is food going to arrive and so this is not a ding dong message okay if you're looking for a little bit of chocolate a little bit of whipped cream. Now, for some of you, I'm so sorry that your ears are so messed up you didn't hear the exact pronunciation that I said. I'm really sorry that you can't hear any better than that. But trust me, I said exactly what I meant and I didn't stutter. Okay? So if you're looking for froth and foam, you're not getting it tonight. So I'm sorry uh, if that's really what you're not looking for here on this last Sunday. (laughs) Do you understand there is nothing in me naturally that wants to be doing this? Woo! Everything in me naturally would love to preach the house down and you, you out of your seats and the roof on top. And you having to crawl out of here through the rubble saying, was that absolutely an amazing service or what? (laughs) Everything in me, all of my flesh would love to do that. But I've been doing this too long to be that stupid. If he wants that, that's what he'll give. He didn't give that. So I'm not apologizing. So here we go. All right. For the next folks. So, the brother said, who is Jesus talking about? The Logos or the I Am? And before I knew what I was doing, I was writing this down. I said he was talking about both. Because they're inseparable. You can't draw a line of distinction between Logos and the I Am. Well, he said then, the difference then, he, we were texting back and forth, he said then the difference then means that the Logos just didn't have all the fullness of God. And immediately, Colossians chapter 2 verse 9, please, came into my mind. And uh, this is what I text back to him, Colossians 2 and 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And so the brother said, well, if fullness isn't the difference, what is the difference? I love Revelation because you know you didn't figure it out. You just listened. And I said, the difference was, because I repeated what came into my mind, the difference is dimension. That's the only difference. Because the I am is in one dimension. And he's the only one that can live in that dimension. But he, being the I am, knew of a way to express himself into a different dimension. But the one who expressed himself in two time and space is not one bit less 
deity. Not one bit less God. Not one bit less powerful. Not one bit less wise. Knowing, holy, just, right, loving. Than the one who lives in the dimension where there is no limitation. Dimension. Dimension. Oh, dear ones. In Jesus' name, I pray the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him upon you. That you would begin to receive, to whatever degree you have, even greater understanding and knowledge of the privilege He has offered to us. The I am, who's before all things, after all things, who, Paul said it this way, if you go with me please to Acts chapter 17, I think, I think it's verse 24, we'll find it, let's start at verse 24, Acts 17, 24, Pars is, yeah, that's it, praise God, hallelujah, <laughs> that's it, uh, Paul was on Mars Hill in Athens, and he's talking to these these people that were there to hear and tell some new thing. And he, he saw all these idols they had. And he had one idol to one God. It was to the, to the unknown God. He said, I've come to declare him unto you. And this is what he says about that God. Now, now I'm preaching this to you tonight. Because Paul preached this to a bunch of people that didn't even believe in Jehovah. And he had some faith. They could receive it. So I'm not shortchanging Holy Ghost filled people with watered down pablum. If Paul could preach this to heathen in Athens, I'm trusting him that you have some capability of receiving this because you at least have the Holy Ghost. God that made all things and all, and uh, made the world and all things therein. Seeing He is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Next verse. Neither is worshipped with men's hands as though He needed anything. Seeing He giveth to all life and breath and all things and hath made of one blood all... Uh, what? What did He do? Oh, so it's not about skin color, it's blood color. Huh? What did that say? It hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the whole of the earth. Beware those that want to talk about skin color rather than blood color. This church is not about skin color. This church is about blood color. Specifically, His blood. Specifically, His blood. Woo! My, 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 my. And He hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed, and the bounds of their habitations. 
Now you would think intelligent people would want to know the one who controls the times and the boundaries. Oh, that's right. We live in a world that's doing everything it can to gain power over the times and power over the boundaries. I got a secret for you that you're not going to hear on the evening news. Impossible. It's impossible. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. And hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Next verse. That they should seek the Lord. I've given you this knowledge of God. Because God's purpose was that you would know Him enough. You would want to seek the Lord. If happily, not happily, but happily or by chance. They might feel after Him and find Him, though He be not far from every one of us. You see that two dots at the end of S on us? That's colon. The thought's not finished. What does the next thought say? For in Him. For in Him we live and move. And have our beings. Being. For in Him we live and move and have our being. (laughs) Now I know that some of you are just rabid environmentalists. Why is it that God chose air and water? To represent himself? You ever heard the term? You're wasting water. No. That's not possible. You may be misusing water. But you can't waste water because you can't eliminate water. You may be polluting air. But you can't waste air. You can't eliminate air. Because there is a specific amount of air and has always been a specific amount of air. And it's it's the exact amount of air that has sustained life on earth for thousands of years. I'm not trying to be facetious. I'm just trying to make a point, and some are not going to like it too bad. Here it comes. I don't know if the Lord got a burning permit in California because he's polluting. Polluting the air. Oh, well, you can pollute air. You can't use air up. You can waste water, but you can't. You can't use water up. You can misuse water. But water's always going to be there. It may not be, it may used to be in this place and it may not be there anymore. It may be someplace else. But the amount of water on the earth is a fixed amount. That's why God chose water and air. 
to represent him. Living water. The Holy Ghost is called the breath of life. So. <laughs> let's go back to verse 27, was it? 24, 25, 20, no, 26, I think it is. Acts 17, yeah. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Next verse. That they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him Ooh, right there is where man's got a problem, isn't it? Because if God had required us to figure him out, then men would be thrilled at the opportunity to prove how smart they are. But God, <laughs> Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1, in the wisdom of God, the Lord by wisdom determined that man can't find God through wisdom. So he said that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him. <laughs> and oh, do the exalted minds of our world have a problem with that. I don't, wanna, I don't want to find him by feeling. I want to find him by knowledge and understanding. Sorry. The knowledge and understanding is not coming till you humble yourself to feel after him and find him first. And find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Next verse. For in him, in him, we live and move and have our being. Let me tell you something. There's some of you have heard this before, and intellectually you may have some degree of knowledge of it. But if you ever get this revelation, there are no more crises in life. Oh, brother, right, that's ridiculous. Oh, really? Because if I see this, if I understand who he is and how he's designed all this, then I absolutely know that the one all of this is in has to be, by definition, in control of everything going on here. Now, the one thing he doesn't control, because that was the purpose of all of this, is your choices. But everything else he controls. Time and tide, the old saying is, happens to all men. Yeah. And that tide is so predictable. There were books and now there are apps that you can go to for any particular portion of beach anywhere in the world. And it will tell you exactly when the tide is going to be at its highest and exactly when the tide is going to be at its lowest. And if you go to the Bay of Fundy up off the coast of Nova Scotia, between Nova Scotia and New Brunswick, it's got one of the greatest differentials between high tide and low tide of any place in the world. But it, so it doesn't really matter if you live in a place the tides vary by inches or even a couple of feet, or you live in the Bay of Fundy where it, the tides, the tides, the depth of the tide difference is 30 plus feet. Tide happens. 
Man doesn't control it. Oh, well, the moon. Yeah, the moon. Sure, yeah, okay. Yeah, And who put the moon there? And the moon is so all-powerful that it always is exactly where it's supposed to be, when it's supposed to be there, with the exact amount of gravitational pull, so that the tides are so predictable. You're kidding, right? Believe that if you want to. Now maybe GPS is a big deal to you. Because otherwise I wasted an entire semester of school studying celestial navigation. And mariners spent years and years and thousands of years understanding how reliable the stars are so that you can buy, buy the stars, plot your, plot your course from one area to the next. And you, some of you heard this before, but I'm going to say it for the benefit of everybody. Let me tell you something about celestial navigation. You have to see the stars to know where you are. That means in the daytime where we all want to live, you can't ever know where you're going, where you are. You can have a compass heading. You can know what direction you're trying to get, but you don't know where you are till it gets dark. So you never want it to get dark in your life, huh? You never want nighttime in your life. So you can take some time and consult not the heavens, but the creator of the heavens to find out exactly where you are today in your life. You don't want darkness. You don't want any pain. You don't want any difficulty. He designed it that way, you know. The evening and the morning of the first day. Hey, wait, 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 wait. What comes between evening and morning? Nighttime. So we get all offended with God because it gets dark in our lives occasionally. But that's His blessing and mercy so we can spend some time finding out where we are in Him. Because in the daylight, when we're so busy doing and doing and going and going, we don't know where we are. We may know where we're going, but we don't know where we end up. It takes, it takes things getting dark at night. In Him we live. And move and have our being. The Logos was all of Him that could be expressed into the dimension of time. Not another God, not a second part of God, but the same exact God who lived in one dimension, a totally unlimited dimension. Who had, was so great and powerful, he understood how he, as the unlimited God, could express himself in the time and space. Why? Because he wants you to love him that much. He wants to be able to love you that much. Well, how much did he want to do that? Ooh, how much? So much so, if you'll go with me please to Matthew chapter 121. So much so, that the one who's before everlasting and after, ever, after everlasting, 
was so capable of doing the unthinkable, the unimaginable, that he could express himself from that dimension into time and space through logos. And then he could have that logos wrapped in the flesh of a baby. The greatest miracle imaginable that the one who is before everlasting, who's after everlasting, could find a way to interject himself and relate to from that dimension to this dimension and still be fully himself, fully God. And he, the angel said to Joseph concerning the baby in Mary's womb that was put there by God, not by man. And she shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Next verse. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the prophet of the Lord by the prophet saying. Next verse. Behold a virgin shall be with child. And shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name. Emmanuel. Which being interpreted is. God. With. Us. God. With us. God. The one before all things, the one after all things, was able somehow to understand how to interject himself through logos into the body of a baby and still be fully the one who fills all space, the self-existent one. No wonder the angel choir sang to the shepherds. Glory to God in the highest on earth. Peace and goodwill. God's goodwill toward mankind. Because that birth was the beginning of the manifestation of how desperately He wanted to love and be loved. Of how desperately He wanted to love and be loved. Because that was the culmination of it all. That was the beginning of the culmination. That was the beginning of the manifestation. So it was prophesied in Isaiah 9 and 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And the government, and of the increase of His government and peace, there shall be no end. Why? <laughs> Say, how did He do that? You're kidding, right? A human being is supposed to explain 
how the God who's before the beginning and after the ending could express himself from that dimension into any dimension of time? You don't understand. (laughs) It doesn't matter how big the expression in time was and space or how small the expression of of him was in time and space. Because there's no amount, there's no size of that manifestation that has anything to do with the one who brought all this about. Nothing. has nothing to do with it. And he demonstrated his capability by becoming Logos and having that Logos clothed in flesh. And then having that flesh grow up. And face everything we faced. Tempted at all points like as we are. Yet without sin. So that the Logos made flesh. So that flesh that clothed that Logos. Could be the offering and the sacrifice in our place. And there's any question. About whether or not you want to know that God. Is it really unreasonable for him to say the greatest commandment is hear O Israel the Lord our God is one Lord and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with the whole of thy heart with the whole of thy soul with the whole of thy mind with the whole of thy strength is there really any any question Why that would be his expectations of you and me? I don't want to end this on a negative note. I don't want to be positive, but I've got to say this to you. One of God's primary spiritual principles is He uses revelation to control timing. When He goes to this length to try to help man understand who He is, what He is, and what all this is about from His perspective, somebody really ought to be listening. I will say this to you. In Jesus' name, Lord, let me say it exactly like you want to say it. We have passed the time where it's okay to just fill our days up with the temporal and just exist from one day to the next and not seek Him. Oh, there are some, even some here, that you will not only continue to live your life like that, but you will continue to go further into that life of living in the here and the now. And oh, God, have mercy on you. God, have mercy on you. Because you see, 
Let's go to Hebrews 11. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, let me see if I can find it. I can't do it. I, Hebrews 11, let's, let's go to around 30, verse 30, and I'll know where to go from there. Uh, no, let's go up, back up to 25. Oh, we're getting there. 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months by, of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. They were not afraid of the king's commandment. Listen now. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, even though he was raised in Pharaoh's court as Pharaoh's step-grandchild, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Why would he reject such opportunity and privilege? Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Next verse. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. The Spirit of the Lord is testing hearts, trying hearts, trying minds to see what you're seeing. The Spirit of the Lord is testing each of us and others of us around the world and those that are not yet born into his kingdom. The test is coming. The test is here. He's testing to see what you're seeing because your decisions are being made by what you're seeing. Your decisions are being made by what you're seeing. And if you're only seeing the him here and now, you're making the wrong choices. But if you can see him who's invisible, then you can reject pleasure Reject what this world has to offer. Choose suffering if necessary. Because the reward of that is worth the difference in what it may cost you in the short term. So what do you see? Are you in trials and tests that you look around and you don't see others in that exact trial and test and you say, God, why are you angry with me? I'm saying to you, Everybody's trial is different. Everybody's test is different. And if we measure, excuse me, if we measure ourselves among ourselves and compare ourselves among ourselves, we're not wise because you're missing the point. God designs your test just for you. He doesn't have a blanket test for everybody. And that's the test. What are you seeing? 
What are you seeing? Anybody ever hear the name Justin Bieber? Anybody ever know he started singing in church and considered himself a devoted Christian till somebody saw him on YouTube and offered him a recording contract? And according to what I read, he went to his pastor and asked his pastor, because he was a devoted Christian, and asked his pastor, what he should do. I don't know if I read what his pastor told him. But I tell you this. Not being critical of the man. I'm just simply saying to you. You talk about a person that's lost their way. Do you know how many famous singers in the last 70 years started singing in church and then took the gift that God intended for them to use for His glory and prostituted it for personal fame and wealth. And do you know how few of them actually ended up not willing in their heart of hearts being willing to change all of that if they could but they knew somehow there was no going back because they saw the wrong thing made the wrong choices and we can go on and on and on we can go on people in all walks of life public and private people people we know about people we don't know about that if you really could trace their history back you'd find somewhere they made wrong choices based on stuff they, they saw, they wished they could have seen and should have seen something else. The Lord has shined just a little bit of light in your life tonight. I'm not minimizing it because of Him. I'm minimizing it because of my ability, no matter how much He speaks through me, to truly communicate the awesomeness of this message tonight. So the limitation is not on him, it's on me. But he has shined some light in here. There's been a light of revelation in this place. A light of the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. Did you see it? Did you see it any more clearly than you've seen it? Does it still, are you still saying, huh? What was he talking about? Because if what you're seeing is the here and now, I guarantee you, you're making the wrong choices. And they may be choices with a little bit of pleasure right now. They may be choices that gives you a little bit of fun or relief right now. But when the bill comes and it's time to pay up, you're not going to like the cost because it's very high. Because any choices I make that separate me farther away from that one who originated all of this rather than drawing me closer to him,
It's not a good choice. I'm going to close with this. It's a, there are several scriptures here, but I am going to close with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. And I'm praying that you will stay focused enough to either read it to yourself as I read, or you'll read it on the screen, or read it on your device, or at least listen without your mind wandering all over the place distractedly. But we have this treasure. We are not the treasure. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We're the earthen vessels. He's the treasure. What is that treasure? We go back up to verse 1 and find out what the treasure is. Okay? This is what he's trying to say here tonight. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not, verse 2, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, walking, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Next verse. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Next verse. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. Six. But we have this treasure. Note six. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. The glory of the one who is before everlasting and after everlasting. He has so wanted us to be to know Him and be saved, that He and He alone figured out how to reveal Himself in the face of one man. Next verse. We have, for, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal body. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore we speak, knowing that He which raised up Jesus, uh, up the Lord Jesus, shall raise up us also by Jesus, and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound or abound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Next verse. For our light affliction. Our light, it's not heavy. It's only heavy to those that are looking only at the temporal, only at this life. If I look at him, it's a light affliction. And it's not forever. Well, it's, this is never going to stop. 
which is but for a moment in the grand scheme of things, which worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. What are you seeing? Who are you seeing? I don't know what 2018 has to hold. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know when things are going to change dramatically beyond where they've ever been in this country and our world but I know it's going to happen I know it I'm absolutely convinced of it and while I certainly am going to do the same as you in this context I'm going to give thanks for every day that I am allotted I'm going to give thanks for every day that I have where life is relatively normal. I just don't want to let that normalcy cause me to be cold and indifferent in my soul. But I'm going to thank, I'm going to thank God for those days to spend time with my wife and my family and with you. Because I know that those days are not going to continue as they are. Here it is. The Lord spoke this to my spirit the other day, and I, I apologize for my lie. I thought I was done. Second Peter chapter 3, beginning with verse 3. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where's the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Oh, it's just, it's just, you're just trying to psych us out. You're just, you're just trying to, just trying to make us afraid. I don't psych you out. I want you to be in your right mind, not a psyched out mind. I don't want you to fear. I want you to reverence God. I want you to love God. I want you to be afraid. But the bottom line is this. I beg of you, please, tonight, in Jesus' name, dear, dear ones, I beg of you, do not succumb consciously or subconsciously to the lie of this age. Everything's going to continue like it always has. Not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. And so, which side of the fence are you gonna find yourself when it changes? The side of the fence where there's no fear, where there's absolute peace because you know the one in control and you know he's promised to fulfill his word and he's gonna fulfill all of his word. And so, therefore, whatever happens, 
whether you have to live through some difficult times or he allows you to be taken out of here in a moment of time so that you are, you're given rest from all this and you don't have to face any of it. Whatever. But whichever way it happens, it's going to be okay with you because you know it's temporary. It's short-lived because the one who created all this has a plan and he's going to fulfill all of that plan. Or are you going to be the person that's hanging on to the here and now and making the choices for your own pleasure? My wife is so sweet. I was had some other things I had to do this morning and pray and whatever, and I wanted to kind of spend time getting ready for tonight. So she went to service this morning, and she brought back a box of Krispy Kreme donuts. Half of them are, were, six of them were lemon-filled, and half were regular donuts. I don't eat the regular ones till the lemon-filled are gone. And uh, I needed a little nourishment before church, and so those, that half dozen lemon-filled is gone. And I promise you that before I go to bed tonight, I will have finished my task. It will have been done. I understand wanting life to be nothing but about sweets. But it's not. It's not. I don't really care for dill pickles. Except on a hamburger. And I don't really taste them on the hamburger. I don't, I, I don't really, I like salt on my vegetables. I don't, won't cite salt on my fruit. I'm not looking for a life. My diet may be filled with stuff that you think is unhealthy. And I agree with you. I mean, it's only enabled me to live 72 years, so there must be something wrong with it. I'm not, I'm not espousing my diet to anybody here. But I'm saying if that's your spiritual diet, God help you. God help you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Would you, would, could we just pray for a moment? It is uh, 8.01, so you think I've gone a long time, and I haven't. It's only been two hours since church started. And if you have such things going on that you need to leave right now, I don't have any problem with that. You're welcome to go. God bless you. But if the Holy Ghost has talked to you tonight, could I beseech you. I'm going to use that word. That's the King James word Paul used. Or that's the King word, James word used to translate Paul's word. He said, really, I, I beg of you, but the King James translated, I beseech you. So I'm going to say that because it sounds better than begging. I beseech you that you would not 
dismiss what you've seen and heard tonight if you felt anything of God talking to you any moving of his spirit in you any moving of his word in your heart in Jesus name in Jesus name I've already said this is not the kind of message that I would have preferred to have preached tonight with Christmas one week away and I will say this quickly for those that are sticklers on this I have not said tonight that Jesus was born on the 25th of December because I absolutely do do not believe that it is impossible to prove biblically that Jesus was born in December he was not I didn't even plan to preach a Christmas message if you want to call it that it wasn't my intent but I will say this to you we all can agree on this one point he was born sometime and whenever that time was this message applies what are you going to do with it We have celebrated this as a family time for several decades now. And if you haven't figured it out as a church, we have really refrained from celebrating it from a religious standpoint. I don't know why I'm having to explain that to some, but okay. I really wish I could borrow the microphone, the microscope some of you use to be able to split those hairs. I'd really love to be able to study that precisely. I'm not trying to be unkind. I'm making a point. So some of you are so bogged down in the fact that it seemed like I was preaching a Christmas message that you didn't even hear the message. So here in another moment, just another moment or two, would you allow the Spirit of the Lord to bring you back to the message? Hear the message? The question again is, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? Are you seeing the here and now and its rewards? Are you seeing the eternal and His rewards? Because what you're seeing is guiding your decisions. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Sing that one. I choose you again in the end. In the name of Jesus. Who's on sound, please? Did somebody turn it off? Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray just for a moment.
I'll choose you again. I'll choose you again and again. I'll choose you again and again. You mean so much to me. Again, I'll choose you again and again. I'll choose you again and again. You mean so much to me. pray for somebody again nearby you. Let's pray just for a moment here. Can we do that? Could we pray one for another just for a moment? I'll choose you again. In the name of Jesus. And again. In the name of Jesus. You In the name of Jesus. So much to me. In the name of Jesus. I'll choose you again. I'll choose you again. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Just for another moment or two, can we do that, please? Come on. In the name of Jesus. Again and again. I'll choose you again and again. You mean so much to me, dear Lord. I'll choose you again. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus.
Could we just stand and raise our hands and give him thanks tonight? Can we do that? Can we give him thanks for loving us so much, for doing so much for us, for caring for us so much, for being so willing to forgive us, restore us, reconcile us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. 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 Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. Don't forget your respective congregations, uh, ministries Thursday night, and whatever has been announced for your congregation for next Sunday. God bless you. Uh, You're dismissed. In Jesus' name.